All right, let's try that one more time. A year of empowerment. Amen. How many are receiving that? Praise the Lord. Come on now. Praise the Lord. You got to kind of receive that, you know. You don't just uh, kind of, you know, get stuck in a rut here. You got to keep your faith engaged. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to go to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is where we're going to go start today. Praise the Lord. Book of Psalms. We're going to go to Psalms 110. Praise God. Hallelujah. Last week, uh, talked about just different things to help uh, move us toward being empowered, and I'm going to continue to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about being a willing vessel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, you willing vessel, you. Praise God. How many know you got to be willing? Huh? I mean, he can talk to you all day long, but if he ain't willing to listen, come on, somebody. Or you can have all kinds of insight and all kinds of understanding, but if he ain't willing to walk it, you know. So, you know, God, uh, you know, is always trying to talk and communicate with us and take us higher and add to us. And, but if we're not willing to give heed to it, come on, somebody, then it goes nowhere. And so today I want to talk about willingness, praise God. Hallelujah. Of course, in, in talking about willingness, we probably have to touch on a little bit about being unwilling, too, what that means. And uh, so what's what we're going to do, we're going to start, start in Psalms 110, praise God. And verse 1 says this, the Lord said to my Lord, in other words, uh, Jehovah said to the Messiah, right? So this is a word of prophecy about a head. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, how many know that's what Jesus did? Sat down at the right hand of the Father. Is that correct? He said, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength. The word rod just means a scepter. Um, anyway, the rod or the scepter of your strength, all right, just means force or power. Amen. Out of Zion. Everybody say out of Zion. Okay, now really that's a type of the, the church. Zion's always kind of a, you know, kind of a type or shadow of the church. And so something's coming out of the church here, all right? So rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, I mean, we're all called to rule in the midst of our enemies. Come on, somebody. You're not called to be overcome. You're called to be the overcomer, right? Come on, you're called to conquer. You're called to take ground, amen. You're called to be the head, not the tail, and above only and not beneath. Do I have any agreement in the house going on here? Amen. That's what's happening. Amen. So uh, the father, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, a word of prophecy to the Lord. And of course, exactly what happened. Uh, you know, it is written. He paid the price, did it. Amen. Come on. The redemptive work. And then the word says he ascended into heaven and sat down. Everybody say sat down. Amen. He sat down. Impl in, in, implicates. Amen. He's done doing his part in a sense. Okay. Now it's for you and me to do. Come on. That's why I said all authority and dominion has been given unto you and me, praise God. So out of, out of the church, amen, is going to come, praise God, a scepter, a rod, amen, a people stand in their place, praise God, and who they are in Christ, amen. That's how it's supposed to work. All right, but then verse 3, let's read verse 3, hallelujah, and it says this, your people shall be volunteers, and that's what it says in the New King James, the Old King James uses they, they shall be willing, I believe is what it says. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, uh, in the beauty of holiness from the womb or the matrix of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Now let's back up to that beginning of that verse there. Your people, look at your neighbor and say, that'd be you people. We're all his people. Come on, somebody. Uh, so your people 
uh, shall be volunteers. Now, how many know it's good to be a volunteer? Come on now. But the word actually means a willing vessel. Amen. A willing vessel. Amen. Your people shall be a willing vessel in the day of your power. All right. So let's, let's define that a little bit because that'll kind of kick us into what we got uh, to do today. So your people shall be volunteers or willing vessels or a willing servant. Amen. Another way. But it means yielded. Even means spontaneous. Now, the reason it says that is because you're ready and prompt and without reluctance. So anytime the Spirit of God begins to talk to you, you're quick to do. That's what it means. Are you all out there? Come on now. See, if you're going to be willing, that means you got to be ready and prompt. Amen. Without reluctance. So when he begins to talk, you start doing. Come on now. You know, we're talking about, you know, the, uh, you know, a, a year of empowerment. And that's really what he's talking about, this day of your power. He's talking about an empowerment. Amen. Uh, the word day uh, refers to, it could be anything from a single day, from sun up to sundown, uh, to a season. All right. And actually, uh, one of the definitions of it, which is kind of what it's referring to here, means a space of time or a process of time. Here we go. Defined by an associated term which is what he says right here, by your power, a day, I mean, of your power. So he's referring to a time frame. What time frame? This time frame. Amen. A time of his empowerment. Uh, the word power, again, means force or forces, means uh, a might or strength. But get this, it means substance, wealth, virtue, ability, and here we go, a means of resources, which means, again, all his resources are made available. This is the time we're in. This is the hour we're in. Now, what we're finding out that your people, his people, shall be willing vessels or willing volunteers, however you want to word it, in the day of your power, which means this, that your willingness has something to do with it. Let's put it maybe this way. Your willingness is one of those things that qualifies us for empowerment. You know, we all want to be empowered when we want to be empowered. I'll try this side. We all want to be empowered when we want to be empowered. Sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, when the Spirit of God begins to talk, you know, this is what we need to do, or this is what you need to change, or this is what you need to add, or this is what you need to remove. We go, well, wait a minute, I, is there anybody else up there we can talk to? Because that's not how I want to do this. I just want to be empowered without any change. Come on now. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to do anything. I don't want to have to, you know, change anything in my life. I, I kind of like the rut I'm in. Anybody know what a definition of a rut is? A long grave. Well, anyway. Come on. Sometimes we get stuck in ruts. And the Spirit of God the whole time is trying to woo you out of that rut. Come on now. Trying to get you out of that rut. Why? So He can empower you. Because it's a season for it, praise God. Amen. Now that, of course, uh, for us, we take it personally uh, here at Word of Victory because that's what He spoke to us for this year. A year of empowerment. So we take this pretty serious. So obviously, what He needs from us, in other words, one of those things He needs from us, amen, of course, it ain't the only thing, but the, one of those things is a willingness, amen, amen, a willingness, praise God. 
This word again uh, means yielded or spontaneous, ready, prompt, and without reluctance. Amen. But get this, it means to breathe after. Amen. To breathe after, which also means basically, you know, as he breathes, as he speaks, you're willing to follow suit. Amen. You're willing to take that in and do right away, praise God. It means by one's choice. But get this, oh my gosh. It says, one of those words that's kind of mixed in here, but it has to be a part of it. It's called cheerful. (laughs) So by one's choice, but what he's looking for is a cheerful choice. Come on, somebody, right? Amen. In other words, there's a lot of times people will make a choice. Okay, I'll do it. Go. Well, there, I just feel all edified. Come on, right? Okay, if I have to. Well, that, how many know that's probably not what he's talking about? Come on now. A willingness, praise God, that has some, uh, you know, it's not grumbly and complaining and all that kind of stuff, but it has a sense of cheerfulness about it. Amen. I'm willing to do this by my own choice, by my own will. I submit myself to your will, God. Amen. I'm willing to do. Amen. You speak it, I'll do it. You say it, I'm on it. Praise God. Amen. You say jump, I say how high. Okay, let's work on you a little bit more. All right. Praise God. It means a readiness of mind. Amen. Free to do, it also means. Praise God. This word volunteer. Amen. So, amen. A willing a willingness, praise God. So willingness becomes a key part of our empowerment. Amen. So this season, this day of His empowerment, His power, amen, all of His resources, the means of resource, everything that you need to accomplish what you have to accomplish, to do what you have to do, to fulfill what you have to fulfill, amen, is there and readily available. He just wants to know if you're readily available. Right? Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Now, which implicates, come on, that, you know, if he maybe had a a choice, he might have said, you know, you know, it'd be nice not to have to do this today. Right? But hey, if it's your will, we'll do it. That's what we do, praise God. How many know Jesus walked in power? Amen. How many walked in success? Do you think it was, he was in success just because he was the Son of God? Do you think he was in power just because he was the Son of God? No. Jesus made it real clear. He said, I can of myself do nothing. Jesus said that. You're thinking, what? I can of myself do nothing. But what I hear the Father say is what I say. And what I see the Father do is what I do. Amen. Why? Because it's all about being empowered. And Jesus said, praise God. He said, my my nourishment, my sustenance, my food is in doing the will of the Father. Amen. And if I do the will of the Father, praise God, my needs get met. Amen. Everything I need to accomplish the day is there readily available because I'm willing to do what He leads me to do, praise God. Now, how many know He's your perfect example of a willing vessel? Amen. Somebody give the Lord a praise in the house today. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, praise God. Let's go to Isaiah 1. You really can't talk about willingness without at least hitting Isaiah 1, uh, at least for a little bit here. So Isaiah 1, 
Praise God. Are you glad you came out on a Wednesday? Or, no, it's not Wednesday. What day is it? I'm really off. Man, I've done that twice today. Praise God. How about, yeah, maybe I need to go sleep. I didn't get any sleep last night. That's what it was. It's Sunday morning, by the way. I didn't know if you knew that. How many are glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Praise the Lord. There we go. Praise the Lord. Okay, Isaiah 1, please. Praise God. Now, I'm going to make a couple statements before we dive into this too deep, okay? And uh, so hear me out. All right, here we go. How many know he always goes where he's wanted, not where he's needed? He always goes where he's wanted, not where he's needed. There's places all over out there that are, there's need everywhere and no God anywhere near it. Come on. Now, he's available, but he goes where he's wanted, where he's welcomed. So you think, think about this as we're talking about willingness, all right? All right. Here's, a, here's another one. I will say one more statement, then we're going to get into this verse here, all right? Hallelujah. The least bit, here we go, the least bit of unwillingness is noticed by the Father. See, we can be willing in some areas and not in this other area. Are you with me? And it affects, it affects our life. So hopefully that's going to come out today and you'll be able to see it clearly. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Verse 19. Here we go. If you are willing and obedient. You notice it says if. And it says you. If you are willing and obedient. How I many know it takes both? And really, true willingness is going to have obedience. Come on now. But, you know, I guess in a way you can kind of define them both a little, you know, kind of look at them a little different. You can be willing and maybe not follow through with anything. There's a lot of times people might say, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. Come on. And I believe we even got a parable in there that Jesus talked about, the one that, yeah, I'll get on it and never did go. Then you got the other guy that grumbled, complained, and griped about it. But in the end, he went ahead and did it. Come on, somebody. Come on. So that might be a good example of, uh, uh, you know, being willing and obedient. So he needs your willingness and he needs you to fall through with it. Praise God. Amen. So we're kind of, we're looking at it kind of in a sense today as one unit. Because really, when you kind of get into willingness, it really is about following through. Amen. And uh, so anyway, if you're willing and obedient, it says that you shall eat. In other words, the person that's willing and obedient, they're going to eat the good of the land. Well, what does that mean? It means you're going to partake of the best available. Literally what it means. So the best that's out there, the best that's available, you're going to be a part of it. You're going to be able to partake of it. Why? Because you're willing and obedient. See, it qualifies us for some things. All right? So anyway, you're, you'll be a, a partaker of the best available. Praise God. But verse 20, you can't read verse 19 without reading verse 20 because here's the other side of it. But if you refuse, everybody say refuse. Uh, now, just, just maybe it's just my way of thinking, but let's stop and think. Refuse. Refuse what? If you refuse and rebel, it says then that you're going to be devoured. Instead of you out there, I mean, partaking of something, now you're being, come on, you're getting ate up, devoured, amen, by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, if you stop and you think about it, okay, obviously, you know, you kind of got to already know what's being said or what's being asked before you can be 
guilty of refusing. Am I right? I mean, if, if you didn't know and I says, how come you refused to do that and rebelled against that? And you say, I don't even have a clue what you're talking about. What are you talking about? You know, and I was just assuming you knew. Come on. Well, you wouldn't be guilty of refusing or rebelling if you didn't even know. Right? So the implication is going on. That must be my word for today. Implication. It's a big word. Hopefully I'm using it right. So anyway, praise God. It obviously implies that the individuals discussed here must know what they should be doing. Okay? So we have to keep that in mind. Okay, so, praise God, if we rebel, if we, uh, if we are unwilling, maybe that's another way of saying it, praise God, then, uh, you know, it's not a good thing. To be devoured by the sword wouldn't be a good thing. I don't know, that would probably make for a bad day. Right? I'm just saying. Uh, to me, it seemed like it'd be a bad day. Um, so willingness will qualify us to partake of the best of the land. Amen. Uh, but the unwillingness, come on now, or we could say the rebellion, right? Um, you know, it's going to put you in the, you know, in the wrong place. In other words, what you're going to partake of ain't going to be good. So anyway, what, you know, what's being said is, you know, being willing pays good. It pays out good. It has good dividends. I said being willing has good dividends. Being unwilling, um, it takes. Are you still with me? Now, let's keep that in mind. All right. All right. So, praise the Lord. Unwillingness, here we go, is a dangerous place to live, even for believers. Well, I'm saved. Well, praise the Lord. If you're saved, then follow Him. Well, now, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You have to understand that in our obedience, there's, there's good results. In our willingness, there's good results. Come on, somebody. But when we refuse, we rebel, you have to understand that there's probably a payday on that too, and it probably ain't going to be a good one. Still with me? Now, I don't want to be, you know, nobody likes verse 20. Um, nobody puts verse 20 on their refrigerator or their mirror and, or their dash and looks at it all day. Now, maybe some should, but I, I'm just saying nobody uses verse 20 as a, as a refrigerator verse. So for those that don't know what I'm talking about, you know, sometimes we put up our, a verse and that's our little verse to quote and all that kind of stuff. But nobody uses verse 20, but everybody will probably use verse 19. Put 19 back up because, you know, praise the Lord. We all uh, want to eat the good of the land. Okay, well, the contingency here, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall, who? The one willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Praise God. So look at your name and say, you willing vessel, you. It's good to be willing. Okay, we're going to go now, let's, uh, kind of in the theme of everything we're dealing with here at the beginning of this year, let's, we're going we're gonna to go to John 7, John 7, please, John 7, and there's a lot we could talk about with willingness and unwillingness, but um, there's a couple key texts that I want to go to today, 
John 7, verse 14. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Am I boring you today? Okay, I don't want to bore you. I want you to have ears to hear it, all right? All right. You're willing, amen. Verse 14 says, now um, about, well, let's see, should I back it? Nah, now we'll leave it here, otherwise I get too preachy on some of this. Uh, now about the middle of the feast, uh, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. Okay, so he's, he's gone into the house of God. He's ministering. Uh, he's teaching here. And the Jews marveled. They, they, they're all caught up man. He says, man, how does this, how does this man know so much, man? How does this guy know the letters? And, and even though he's never been through all this, you know, the same schools and studies that we've done, how does he know all this? How does he know all this? And, and, you know, some might say, well, he's because he's the word, you know, he's the word of God. And, and yes, but, uh, but you got to remember, he, he can't really have anything more over you than, than what you have right now. Come on, somebody. And what I mean by that is this, okay, he can't, you know, he can't just have everything handed to him and then turn around and, you know, hold you responsible. So you have to understand there's a reason he knew some things. Still with me? Okay, so they're asking a, a, you know, a question. They're listening to this guy. And this guy, man, he's got some insight. He's got some understanding. He's got some discernment. He's got some revelation, praise God. Amen. To know here, uh, this word is defined, um, genosko. I think it's how it's, the Greek word's pronounced, but it just means uh, knowledge of or, or, or something revealed, something aware of, perception, understanding, discernment. Literally has one that has answers. Come on, somebody. All right? Still with me? So how does this man know these things? That's a valid question, right? And so Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. All right? In other words, uh, the word here, doctrine, uh, it, it's defined as instruction, uh, that which has been taught. It also means the act or the matter of doctrine. So not just he's not just given, uh, you know, the do's and don'ts, per se, of doctrine. He's trying to show you the insides and outs of it. Why we do this and why we don't do this. Come on. So it's not just, you know, giving doctrine for the sake of doctrine. He's trying to say, this is how we live. This is how it works. And they're all taken back by, man, this guy's got some insight, you know. So verse 17 he kind of comes a key verse here. He says this, if anyone wills to do his will... He shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. All right. Now, there's a lot of italicized words in this verse. And bottom line is uh, what it means is that uh, he says you're going you're to know because of what, what's going on here. You're going to know what's of God and what ain't. Okay, is what he's saying. All right. Now, ver the beginning of the verse, he says, if anyone. Is there any anyone's in the house? All seven of you. Let's try that again. Any anyone's in the house? See, we're all part of the anyone's. If, everybody say if. if. If anyone wills to do his will. In other words, is willing. Literally means is willing to do his will. You know, everybody wants the perfect will of God for their life. But not everybody's willing to do the will of God. So Jesus says, listen, this is how it works. You want to know how I know some things? It's because I'm willing to do, every time he talks to me, I'm willing to do it. And because of that, increase comes. You know, uh, uh, Jesus was talking in, in Mark 4, and he says, if you have an ear to hear, let him hear, right? Come on. In other words, if you have a willing ear to hear, you can hear some things. And he says this, 
He says, the things that you hear, if you hear it and you apply it, he says, more will be given to you. He says, but those that do not have an ear to hear, even what they have, they'll probably lose. See, the point is, it comes right down again to willingness. If they're not willing to apply themselves to it, you're probably not going to see no increase. Jesus is trying to let them know. He says, listen, the reason I've got increases is because I'm willing to walk everything he teaches me and shows me. And because of that, he keeps giving me more. And he gives me more and he shows me more and he reveals more. Amen. And that's exactly what, what he did. Everywhere he went, he did. He walked. He said, amen, everything the Spirit of God talked to him about. Praise the Lord. If God told him, go here, he went there. If God says, talk to that one, he talks to that one. If God says, walk on by, he walks on by. And as a result of it, praise God, more was always given to him. So even when it comes time to the word, how many know it really just isn't about, you know, whether you get in the word or not? Did you hear me? Because that might rub somebody wrong there. But somebody said, let's just get in the word and, you know, let God take us higher. The only way you're going to go higher is if you take the word you get in and apply it. James said this, you know, you can't just be a hearer only. Man, you got to be a doer of it. Everybody say willingness. You got to be willing to do these things. If you're not willing to do these things, you're probably not going to see increase. You're not going to see these things happen. Now, why are we on this? Because it's a year of empowerment. As he worded it there, it's a day of empowerment for us. So we have to understand that willingness is a key part of that. Somewhere along the line, we have to understand that our willingness or our unwillingness is going to affect an outcome. You know, there's things in my life that I'm, I'm reaching for, pressing in for, and all of a sudden, you know, you're reaching and pressing into something. The Spirit of God begins to talk to you over here about this thing over here. And you want to say, uh, Lord, uh, no, I'm talking about this thing. Because this is what I want, increase. I want this to happen. I want this thing to come to pass. And God said, well, uh, let me talk to you about this thing over here. Lord, no, you're not getting this. I want, I'm talking about this thing right here. This is what I want different. God says, let me talk to you about this thing over here. Sometimes the thing that hangs us up from the increase and the understanding and the insight and the revelation of this thing right here is because we're not willing to give any heed to breathe after to yield to, come on somebody, because we just assume keep that thing swept under the rug or thrown in the closet or where else you want to say. Come on somebody. Many times the reason we don't see some things manifest in certain areas of our life is because we're not willing to give any yielding, any willingness to an area he's already talking to you about. Is anybody hearing me? This is why willingness is key concerning empowerment. Come on. Sometimes we don't realize how much one area of our life will affect another area of our life. See, sometimes we want to compartmentalize. Did I say that right? Woo! Got another big word out. You know, we want to, you know, put everything in our life in, in kind of like boxes and say, okay, this area is this area. This area is this area. This area is this area. 
And God, I want to talk to you about this area. God said, well, I'd like to talk to you about the first one you mentioned. He said, well, no, no, I'd rather leave that in that box and leave it alone. Come on now. And I don't want, I don't want, to, I don't want to talk about that because that makes me mad. Hmm. Or that makes me sad. Or I get depressed every time I, my thoughts go down that. God says, listen, we need to deal with this. Well, no, we don't. Everything's fine. God says, God, I'm telling you, this is the area here that needs work. God says, that area affects this area. And until we deal with that area, you probably ain't never going to see nothing change in this area. Does anybody hear me? So when the Spirit of God, now listen, why is all Because when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about something, it's a good time to deal with it. I think I'd made mention of it, I think even on Friday night. Uh, you know, when the Spirit of God talks to you about an area, that means the grace of God's there to, to handle it. So it's always a good thing when God talks to you about something to be willing to go ahead and take the steps and change or whatever it is in that area. Are you still with me? Come on now. God, I'm having problems with my kids. He says, yeah, but let's talk about your marriage. God, I need, I need a healing. He says, yeah, let, let me talk to you about your paycheck. What? Let's talk to you about your mouth. No, leave my mouth out of this. Right? And so he's talking about this because you don't realize that that thing's affecting other areas of your life. So he says, until I really get that changed, no matter what I do over here, it's in a matter of a week, it's going to be back to where it was. Right? So, there, so when the Spirit of God's talking about things, have a willingness, praise God, to deal with it, praise God. All right, so let's go back to that verse 17 again. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. In other words, he's going to have some insight. He's going to have clarity of, of discernment. He's going to have some direction. Are you still with me? Jesus makes it clear to them. He says, listen, the reason I know, you know, some things about this stuff is because I was willing to do yesterday, yesteryear. Come on, somebody. And because of my willingness to do, it opened up the door for me to know more today than what I knew yesterday. Still with me? Sometimes we don't even realize just our willingness and our obedience, amen, can kick the door open for revelation and insight. Well, okay, I thought that was a good one. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe being unwilling is maybe what hinders maybe some of our answers. It's a thought. All right, let's try this. Let's back up a chapter. Let's go to chapter 6. Let's go like around verse, uh, I don't know, is it 15, I believe it is. Let's look at another one here. Everybody say, a willing vessel. Praise God. Smile real big at your neighbor. Smile real big at him and just say, it's good to be a willing vessel. Amen. All right. And we're learning. We're learning some things. Okay. Verse 15. Here we go. Verse 
Chapter 6, verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him uh, by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain uh, by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over, uh, went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not uh, come to them. Now, um, it's kind of vague what's all happening here, uh, both in Mark's account and Matthew's account of the same deal. It says that Jesus made them get into the boat. He made them get in the boat. Now, they didn't want him. He had to make them get in the boat. Get in the boat. Go to the other side. Now, for whatever reasons, we could, we could say uh, just the fact that because he wasn't with them. Maybe they didn't want to go until he was ready and got down there with them and go with them. I don't, that could be part. It could be the fact that maybe some of our fishermen in the group started looking over the sea going, this may not be a good day to go across the sea. I don't know. He doesn't really say. All we know is that a tempest arose, a great wind. Literally, the word great means is the, the Greek word mega. Okay, where we get our word mega, mega storm or mega wind came up. Okay, so they got in the boat. Okay, and they start heading over. All right, now verse 18 says, And the sea arose uh, because of a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, everybody say a, a lot of rowing going on. All right, they're not getting very far, but they're rowing a lot. All right, so when they, they were rowing for about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. And drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Now, first, they didn't know it was Jesus. Some of your other accounts, uh, you know, the Gospels there, it, let it be known, they didn't know it was Jesus. They just saw something. And they started panicking. Now, listen, listen. This is, there's, they're seeing something that's out of the ordinary. They're seeing something that's beyond natural, what we, we would term as natural. I think as believers now, that definition should change a little bit because things for us ought to be different than you know, the world sees natural. For us, you know, just being blessed and walking in God and seeing favor and, and seeing God heal and deliver and set captive ought to be the normal for us. Come on, somebody. But anyway, the point is the boys are seeing something happening here that is beyond normal. All right? You still with me? Yep. Now remember, they were made to get in the boat. They weren't real thrilled about getting in the boat and going over. So I can imagine, come on now, uh, what, do, what do you usually talk about when you're not, uh, you're, not, you're not willing to do something? I'm just saying, you know, you know sometimes, you know, we... We get all spiritual when we're in church, and we forget that sometimes, uh, you know, we our little grumbly moment on the way to church, come on, somebody, can affect what you receive while you're in church. Come on, somebody. Come on now. But sometimes we lose sight of it. Okay, they were told to get in the boat, and they're probably thinking, you know, whatever, for whatever reasons, you know, I don't know why he didn't get in. Why did he just jump in with us? I don't understand. Why has he, he got to, you know, go off now by himself again? I mean, this is kind of crazy. And why are we on the water anyway? This is nuts. Why don't we wait till morning? And we go along and, uh, you know, it's no different. You get, in the, you get in your car after church. You go, why did the preacher bring that up? I know he was, he was looking right at me when he said it. I know he's talking about me. So why don't you just stay off my case? 
Come on. Sometimes we're going along. Oh, that woman that you gave me. Oh, Lord. Those kids. Oh, I got to go to work. God, I hate that place. Now we have a Holy Ghost and fire night. I mean, dude, gosh, it's every night he does something at the church. This is nuts. Oh, hi, pastor. Praise the Lord. Durst thou knowest, I am heareth, to serveth, youeth, and the lordeth. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Come on now. Now, maybe some are. I'm just saying it. You know, we could be, you know, we could be all grumbly and gripey, uh, you know, coming in and not really, not realizing that it affects things. Okay. Are you still with me? You know, you affect what you receive in here. That's the truth. Uh, you know, I, I come prayed up. I come studied up. Come on, I don't just roll in here and say, hey, what are we going to do today? Hey, here. <laughs> so I spend time. Come on. So I get ready. And so I just want to know, are you ready? Because it affects how you receive. Right? So you might have came here today thinking, I didn't want to come here. My wife made me. Or my husband made me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the bottom line is, it affects things. So now you're sitting in here, and you know, and, and then the preacher man gets on touchy subjects, and you're going, God, I knew I should have stayed home today. And then you leave, and you think, I didn't get nothing today. Did you get anything? I didn't get anything. Well, listen, that wasn't my fault. And that sure wasn't the Lord's fault. Are you still with me? See, a willingness... Or an unwillingness affects an outcome or, come on, a result. In fact, um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians that willingness has a reward. (coughs) Amen. So if you're going to do it, let's do it with willingness, praise God, and get a reward for it, praise God. Amen. I like rewards. Anybody like rewards? All right. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat. They were afraid. Okay, verse 20, all right. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Now in the New King James, it sounds sounds sweet, but um, the Amplified might, it says something about uh, stop being frightened. And when you kind of look at it, it, he was kind of knock off the fear. The word even says this, okay, in one of the other Gospels in the same story. says, and he, he considered even walking past them. <laughs> he goes, oh, you bunch of sissies. Yeah. Everything freaks you guys out. I don't understand this. I told you, go to get in the boat, go to the other side. You gripe and you complain the whole way. And now all of a sudden you're seeing something that's out of the ordinary and you get all freaked out about it. Somebody says, oh, I don't think he was. No, listen, he had to deal with him many times about why. He said, you know, at times you're talking about, where's your faith? He says, guys, you're, you're sitting in the meetings all day long. You're, you're hearing all this stuff. And, and then it comes time to use it, and you ain't got nothing to draw on. What's the deal? Now, I believe Jesus, you know, 
I don't think he was screaming at him or anything like that. I, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, I think he was, you know, he was cordial and all that. But, but sometimes he had to say, guys, 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 dude. Word says he was going to walk past him. Okay. But he gets in the boat. Now listen. Okay, verse 21. Here's the key verse here today. All right. Then, let me say then. Now, what does then represent? I mean, what does that imply? Huh? Then. Then they willingly received him. Okay, well, they, now they know it's him, right? So we could, we could kind of argue with that. Okay. But they've seen something that's out of the ordinary, and they get panicked by it. Amen. But then they recognize it's, it's him, and then they receive him into the boat, and the word says immediately then, remember they're in the middle of the sea, rowing, getting nowhere fast. Anybody hearing me? They receive him. Somewhere this willingly, there's something to be said or he wouldn't have put it in there. He could have just said he gets in the boat and everything's fine. But it says then they willingly received him. Because if you really stop and you think about it, they were operating out of some unwillingness. And then they see something out of the no, no ordinary. And in a sense, listen, unwilling. Come on, that fear got involved. And they're, they're not, you know, they're just, they're just kind of disengaged. And all of a sudden, when they realized it was him, okay, and maybe, you know, maybe more was said, but we just know that he addressed them about their fear. It says, then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately, immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Okay, now let's, the Passion Translation says, the moment he stepped into the boat, they were instantly transported to the other side. And that is the implication. Okay. The Amplified said this, and immediately they reached the shore, which they had been, here we go, which they had been slowly making their way towards. Now, the point being that, you know, the willingness plays a, a, a piece of this, plays a, a major part of this. Okay. So willingness uh, qualifies us for some things. Sometimes the reason we haven't arrived yet is because we're not willing. Maybe the minute we get willing, we might immediately get to where we're headed. Just saying. Sometimes we're not where we want to be because we still operate out of too much unwillingness. And if we would remain willing... All of a sudden, we're there where we need to be. Jonah's unwillingness put him in the belly of a whale for three days. The word said seaweed wrapped around his head. You know, all the, you know, gastric, you know, bubbles and stuff in the gut and swirling around. And every now and then he might get a gasp of air and, you know, out of the, out of the belly there. And he, for three days, come on, somebody wallowing around. In fact, God uses that as an illustration of Jesus three days in hell. Come on, somebody. 
So obviously, Jonah was like in a living hell. Come on, somebody. Are you getting me? Based on unwillingness. And finally, after three days, he goes, Lord, I have done a, a wrong thing. Forgive me. I am now willing to go to Nineveh. Blah. He's probably thinking, you know, after all this, you know, yuck. And, you know, he's probably, you know, changing colors just because of all the, the acids in the... Oh, it's like in stinks. And, and, and he's thinking to himself, why didn't I do that the first day? Because willingness will get you where you got to get to. Unwillingness will put you down some road you got no business being on. Come on now. So it affects other areas of your life. You're going down a wrong road in one area, not even realizing that it affects other areas of your walk. Come on. You say, well, I'm willing over here. God says, well, I need you to be willing right here so I can help you even in that. Well, Lord, let's just skip past this and get right on this. So, no, I got to deal. I got to work with this. Come on, somebody, right? All right. Put, uh, um, let's put Acts 9. I think I gave you that reference. Verse 1. Okay. Let's talk about somebody, uh, you know, that, you know, got willing. <laughs> that wasn't maybe at first. Then Saul. Now, remember, uh, this is Brother Paul. Earlier, his name was Saul. Later changed to Paul, Right. And uh, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, okay, verse 2, please, and asked letters uh, from him to the synagogues of Damascus. Now, I just want you to recognize that Saul here, okay, um, he thinks what he's doing is as unto the Lord. Okay, he's not, he's, he thinks he's doing God a big favor by killing Christians because them Christians are nuts. Come on, right? So he thinks he's doing God a favor, right? Now, just keep that in mind, okay? It wasn't like Saul is some guy out of the world. Come on. So he's going, to, he's going now to the synagogues, asking letters from them, amen, concerning these people that they're finding that are of the way. In other words, they're, they're believers of Christ, okay? Whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. We're going we're gonna to bind up these Christians and get them thrown in jail, get some of them killed, get them out of the picture, praise God. <laughs> and he says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Verse 4, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5. And he said, who are you, Lord? <laughs> he knows who it is. He knows exactly who it is. He's just playing dumb. Like we do sometimes. I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Lord. What do you mean I have a bad attitude? I don't have a bad attitude. They got the bad attitude. It's them. No, no, no. You, no, you got it. No, no, it can't be me. I don't even know who you're talking to. You, somebody, you must be talking. You came to the wrong house. You should have went to Rick's house. <laughs> who are you, Lord? 
And then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get this, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. I think the old King James used the word, I think, prick. Is that right? Pricks? It's just all it is is a pointy object that's used basically by herdsmen to herd animals, to get them keep going in the right direction, that kind of thing. So every now and then they have to prod them a little bit just to keep them, you know, get them back on where they need to be. Amen. So why would it say that? Obviously, God had already been talking to him. Now, we know that he, you know, looking out for his people, because the word was clear that they were praying, amen, to be delivered from some of this. But God had already been talking to him. Why? Because he already thought he was doing God a favor. And God says, Saul, knock it off. What's going on is of me. Can't be. Uh Uh-uh, no, uh That ain't part of my doctrine. They don't make sense to me. Uh-uh. Nope, can't be. I must be. Uh, uh, get behind me, Satan. A lot of Christians doing that. God talks to them about a certain thing. Well, surely not. God wouldn't bring that up. It probably is. And so what we're doing, we kick against the goats, you know. Sometimes, you know, with cattle especially, you know, you kind of, you know, you poke them along. Present, get that little. That's Christians. Stop it, God. Leave me alone. Some say, well, if I knew it was the Lord. Says a lot of believers. Come on, somebody. Knowing it's God talking to them. You know, some things that God asks, and you think, why would the devil ask you to even do that? It's God talking to you. Come on, somebody, right? And so we, we kick at it because for whatever reasons, uh, we turn a deaf ear. Now listen to me, because we're talking about willingness and unwillingness. Willingness, see, qualifies us for things. And all these things, these promises and things begin to happen. But unwillingness will mess up the whole process. And we're think, we think that, well, this only deals with this area, this only deals with... God says, no, this area affects this area, this area, this area, and especially this area. Well, just fix it. Remember last week we talked the difference of empowerment versus entitlement? Touched on it for a little bit there at the end of the service, you know? And some, we just think we're entitled, you know, Lord, your word says you'll do this, so do it. God says... I want to do that, and I am willing to do that, but you are not willing for me to lead you. Because I am talking to you here, so if I can't deal with this, we can't ever get to that. I'm sure he didn't say it quite that mean. But you get the point. So he says he's here kicking at the goads the whole time. God already been talking to him about knocking it off. Stop doing it. Okay, so what verse are we on now? What's the next one? Next, is it verse 6? So he trembling and astonished said, look at this, Lord, (laughs) what do you want me to do? 
what happened? We have a change. Do you know this is the beginning of his ministry? He was already serving God, he thought. He was already a part of the family of God. He was already a part, we could say, you know, maybe use it loosely, part of the church. Come on, somebody. Part of the family. But his ministry didn't kick off until he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And when he said that, okay, I want you to go to town. I'm going to connect you with somebody in town. And they're going to tell you what you need to do from there. Amen. And from there on, his ministry catapulted. And he became one of the greatest apostles that we know of. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Who for a little while here was trying to lie. I don't know who's up there talking to me. Surely he couldn't be talking to me because I'm doing your will, Lord. And he says, no, you're not. Oh, sure I am. No, you're not. I am too. No, you're not. And it affect. Come on, somebody. Isn't it cool what God still did with him? Do you know when he was in prison? In prison? He was in prison more than once, of course. But, you know, he, at times he's probably in prison alongside of somebody he put in prison. Wouldn't that be a fun ride? Come on. He also consented to the death of some. Come on. Now, it's something to think of because of something we're moving toward here coming up. But how God can use anybody if they will just get willing if I can just get you willing I can take your past I can take your mistakes I can take your issues and I can do something with all of it if I can just get you willing a big part of the Bible is written by murderers David, Moses, Saul. Look what God can do with willing vessels. Even people that are guilty of something as bad as that. If I can just get you willing, get you to follow when I lead you. And not argue with me. Remember, cheerful. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, it's like, you know, you ever have the kids that get the pictures when they're school and they're, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what? You, I mean, you don't, have, you, don't have to have, you don't have to know, you just look at the picture and go, they weren't willing. Right? They put a smile on because they were supposed to. <laughs> amen. We're talking about amen, doing it willingly. Amen. Think about this, okay? The reason we started with what we did, I'm going to, in fact, why don't you all stand up? Go ahead and stand up. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right. So, that's why we started that there, there's benefits 
There's promises. Come on. There's reward to willingness. And if an adjustment here can affect the area that's dogging your tracks over here, wouldn't it be worth it to make a change? You ever had the Spirit of God talk to you about apologizing? Apologizing to somebody? Oh, God! Are you kidding me? So somebody say, that don't sound real willing. It don't. This would be a good time to help that person out. Oh, God, I hate that guy. Lord. <laughs> Who is that? Lord. Right? Come on now. And we just think, well, there's no way that can affect this area. It could be because the fact, come on. Remember, um, well, it it's, it's, might be a revelation to some, but how many believe in an unseen realm? I mean, really believe in an unseen realm. So you have to understand that sometimes a decision okay, affects an unseen, which is what will affect that. So that's why a shift here, a willingness here, affects something in the unseen that changes that thing over there, and all of a sudden you're there, right? Willingness took you to that spot. I, uh, the scripture's um, dealing with um, you know, Joshua and Caleb got um, children of Israel. You know, they, all, they go in, the spies go in, spy out the land, they come back. A whole bunch of stuff goes down. Joshua and Caleb stay connected to God because, you know, basically the word says, uh, actually says about Caleb that he says he has a different spirit. Numbers 14, he says he has a different spirit because he's willing to do all my will. And it said this, it said, here's what it said, so I'm going to give him his land. Now nobody else other than Joshua and Caleb got to go into that promised land of that generation. But he says, I'm going to give him his land and his descendants. Willingness. 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 So, how willing are you? How willing are you? Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. I believe in the house we have willing vessels, praise God. People willing to follow you. Every bidding, every prompting, the things you talk to them about, things you address them on, or the things, just give them that little insight or that little understanding or that discernment. Praise God that as you begin to speak and lead them, they're willing to follow, willing to do. And because of that, they eat the good of the land. Because of that, they walk in insight and knowledge. They walk in discernment. Amen. 
Because of that, they end up where they need to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because of a willing heart, because of their willingness. Father, I give you praise and I give you glory for it. Father, thank you for willing vessels. Father, forgive us for the time we were not willing. We know that you are faithful and just to forgive. And we receive that today. And we give you praise for it. If you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm hoping that you're willing to receive him today. Amen. I would be honored if I could pray with you. And so if there's anybody in here that has never received Jesus, you've never asked him into your life, into your heart, you've never been what the Bible calls born again, well then today would be a good day to do that. And I would like to introduce you to my best friend, and his name is Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I want to be born again. If that's you, I want you to throw a hand up where I can see you. Anybody in here that has never done that and would like to do that today, I want to give you an opportunity. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody in here today? Praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. How many in here know the Lord? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're a willing vessel. Praise God. Shake a hand, hug a neck. Praise God. And you are dismissed today. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.